0: Welcome to Flipping Dreams Podcast, with your host, Heather Renee May. Each week, we bring you interviews and resources that will inspire you and encourage you. It's never too late to transform your past and empower your future. You are listening to Flipping Dreams. There are two kinds of adventurers. Those who go truly hoping to find adventure, and those who go secretly hoping they won't. William Least Keat Moon from Blue Highways. I was driving this week along the Natchez Trace Parkway, listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Strangers, and hearing an epic story of extreme sports adventures. It involved summiting great mountain peaks and ultimately ended in death being swept off of K2 by an avalanche. The woman telling the story was recounting the fate of her brother and father while base jumping off a bridge, which apparently is something she does daily. I realized in that moment I am the latter of the two adventurers. I am perhaps what you would call an armchair adventurer. I want to see beautiful things, be surprised and awed by the amazing works in nature, and then return to the creature comforts inside my travel trailer and sleep peacefully and safely while the coyotes call and whoop it up outside. I love to hear about and read these stories of adventure. I also follow the SV Delos crew, their new film 80 North, which can be found at 80 northseriescom and which you, you should check out because it is amazing. It chronicles their Trek sailing to the Arctic in a 59 foot sailboat. I can tell you truthfully, I will never ever sail to the Arctic in my lifetime. I have no interest in actually doing this, but do I absolutely love watching this on film? You bet. I feel like I'm right there with them and it gives my soul this amazing sense of adventure, discovery, and elation. curious people. We want to know how things work and why. We want to know how other people do things so that we can figure out how to do them ourselves. As curious people, we want to see different perspectives and generally we admire the people doing the things that we don't think we ever could or would. I don't think that there's anything wrong with this. Curiosity is good. Judgment is where we sort of mess things up, but that's a story for another day, another podcast. Sticking with curiosity, I think that we can absolutely learn so much from other people's journeys and lessons. No, ours won't look, feel, or even smell the same. But I can tell you that the advice and wisdom I've heard from someone else's stories of hitching up or finding a safe campsite have definitely been stored in my head to be accessed in times of need. So what does this all have to do with me and my stories of LV May? Well, the thought occurred to me as I was beginning to film parts of this story and our journey. Why? In what ways would my stories impact others? How could I tell of our adventures in a way that was unique and new, that would be valuable to anyone else? There are so many other people out there living this RV lifestyle and sharing their stories. People with many more years' experience and with the depth of perspective of time behind them. Sure, there aren't as many stories told from the perspective of a solo female traveler in her 40s, so that's a space I could possibly fill. But the creative inside me wanted even more. I scoured the internet looking at what was available and then ultimately asking myself the important question, What do you want to do? How do you want to tell your stories? Years ago, I surprised my family in a memorable way. They had taken their Silverton motorboat up to the Gulf Islands of Canada, which are just north of the San Juan Islands outside of Seattle. It was my parents, brother, and my grandparents, and I was supremely jealous as I was landlocked working in Denver, Colorado that summer. Somehow, the thought occurred to me. I could fly to Seattle and meet them for part of their trip. Before I knew it, I was calling around for flights and figuring out how to take a float plane from Seattle to Nanaimo, which is the town that they were docked at on Vancouver Island before they headed further up into the islands. I've said before, I'm a creative optimist. I generally jump off the cliff before asking myself halfway down, did I pack that parachute? So off I went. I flew to Seattle and then I took a float plane to Nanaimo. I was absolutely mesmerized. And Somewhat intimidated to fly over the water, hovering at a certain altitude, heading up to Vancouver Island. I'd flown many large planes solo, but never one this small or over water. The ride was fantastic and beautiful. And as we got closer to Nanaimo, I saw my family there on the dock waving at me as we landed as gracefully as a pelican on the water and motored up against the wooden walkway. was incredibly memorable. I remember eating fresh lump crab on English muffins covered with melted cheddar cheese on the back of the boat, fishing around the Gulf Islands and catching dogfish after dogfish, hence for a season I was named the Dogfish Queen, and getting to experience the beauty of British Columbia. Yet one of the best memories of this summer was of a book We met this couple who were living full-time aboard their boat and taking a rest at the marina in Nanaimo. Somehow the topic turned to books, and the woman introduced me to what has been my travel Bible for many years now, The Curve of Time by M. Wiley Blanchett. For too long it was out of print, but I'm happy to say that a new edition has been published, and the link can be found in the show notes. This beautifully simple book follows the travels of a woman with her five children and dogs as they would gunkhole in the Gulf Islands each summer in the 1950s. Cappy, as she was known, was not only an intrepid and accomplished captain, she also wrote many articles that were published in magazines. Her journalistic perspective and curious nature piqued my own sense of adventure. Reading her accounts, I felt like I too, as a single woman, could navigate my own adventures. I have read and reread this book many times over my life, whether on sea or land, and the stories never get old or boring. It is her authenticity and truth that ring through the pages. Her not knowing, yet her openness to learning that makes the adventures all that more appealing. Back to my own land yacht, LV May, and our present journey. Thinking of Cappy and that inspiration 25 years ago makes me realize just how important this sort of journaling and sharing is. This has helped me to determine my own mission, My goal with telling you the stories of our weekly travels in our land yacht is much the same as my original mission with the Flipping Dreams podcast, to inspire, encourage, and engage other fellow dreamers, to remind you that it's never too late to follow your dreams and transform your life, even if that transformation happens in your mind, even if all you do is take a journey with me every week through the audio and video recordings while you were sitting in your armchair let me take you with me on this journey let me surprise you and delight you just as i am surprised and delighted along each and every long dusty road i don't think we all have to go to the extremes to appreciate the life we live we don't need to scale mountains jump off bridges be fastest or go the farthest in order for it to be meaningful Each one of us has our own gifts, talents, and abilities, and what we do with those unique gifts is what makes our lives richer and more meaningful. It's okay to navigate our world with the tools within our own wheelhouse. It's also okay to step outside of what we know and try something new as well. The most important thing we can do is to honor our own inner promptings, for that is where all of our fruits will flow. So now that we have the lay of the land, shall we dive right into the first leg of this journey together? Driving from Florence, Alabama to St. Augustine, Florida. We pulled out on a Tuesday morning to head to our first waypoint of the trip, Dothan, Alabama. It was our first morning hitching up the trailer and although I was familiar with the recurve hitch from using the R3 on the Rpod, for some reason this R6 wanted me to know that it was different. It demanded more attention. I soon realized that my hitch required precision and that in order for the sway bars to lock into place tight and secure against the metal frame, I had to have the truck lined up perfectly straight. Otherwise, she'd throw a hissy fit. A painstaking hour later, with some very lengthy conversations with this new hitch, I finally had us secured and ready to head out of McFarland. The sun was shining high above, And I was eager to get back out on the road after having been landlocked for the past month. It was time to travel again. This leg of the trip covered 313 miles, and that would be about five hours in a vehicle, but was about an hour or so longer towing. We took I 65 towards Birmingham and then planned to veer over to Highway 231, which moved southeast towards Dothan. I was prepared for Birmingham traffic and slowly getting used to the size of this new trailer, truck, and managing the dual axles. It handled a bit more confidently than the single-axle R-Pod. But the imagine is wider, and as such, I was very careful on the narrow parts of the highway, particularly the areas where the concrete barriers loom on either side with very little forgiveness for sway. Five miles north of Birmingham, the texture of the highway changed, and the truck and trailer began to yaw up and down very uncomfortably every few yards there was this line across the pavement like plates that were sewn together for miles. It was at just the perfect cadence that as the back tires of the truck went up the axle of the trailer was going down causing this jarring effect that even woke Dottie up from her slumber in the back. It reminded me of riding in the bow of a boat and hitting tall waves at high speeds. An incessant humbling that makes you wonder if everything is secure, what will come loose or break, and whether your lunch will start to decide to come back up the route it went now. We slowed down, but nothing helped. On and on it went for miles until finally past Birmingham. It stopped, and I pulled over to double-check everything and let my taut muscles relax for a few minutes. The rest of the trip was uneventful. We made it to Dothan right before sunset, and the park was a welcome sight. Clean, comfortable, easy to access off the highway and level, I walked Dottie around, and she found a huge dog park that she made good use of before I cooked up some dinner, and we made it in for the night. The next morning, after a peaceful sleep, we hitched back up. I had to unhitch the trailer the night before just to level the trailer, but I didn't move the truck, so it was a little bit quicker and easier, and Hitchy was a little bit more forgiving. Then, we headed on to St. Augustine. <laughs> <laughs> this light of the trip was around 312 miles and another long travel day. At this point though, I was just so excited to be in the sunshine and 60 degree weather after all that snow and ice. It felt good to be moving again and I was really excited to get to the water and see our good friends who are waiting for us at North Beach. The route followed I-10 mostly across the Florida panhandle, then turning south for a minute onto. I-95 at Jacksonville, to Florida 202 before meeting up with A-1A. A-1A was stunning, and it felt so good to be back on the beach, following along the narrow roads, seeing the ocean, peeking out between the houses and rental properties. Then we turned into North Beach Camp Resort. North Beach Camp Resort was an experience like I haven't had yet, and it is definitely a place that I will return. We pulled in, and each and every campsite is secluded in this kind of co- this pirate's cove of fanned palms and foliage and oak trees and so you feel completely secluded yet you know that there's a there's a trailer or a campsite not far from you on the other side of that that hedge but it just it was just so cool it felt like very much like this sort of kind of I don't know amusement park feel and um, once we got ourselves settled in our little cove our little safe cove then we went and walked across up the way, wound around and over this little footbridge till we found our friends on the other side. And boy, we were so excited to see them and their little 19-foot Bambi Airstream. Um, North Beach is very unique in the fact that it is right off of A1A and you can literally walk to the ocean or to the bay in within 10 minutes. Uh, in fact, we that night, we went to the bayside and watched the sunset on the bay and sailboats gliding by. And then we walked all the way over to the ocean side and watched the moon rise, the same spot. And it was just absolutely peaceful and beautiful. It is a really, truly special place. There's two restaurants on location, and we ate at one which I believe was called Aunt Kate's. And it was, oh, really, really good food. I had blackened mahi sandwich with cheesy grits and a key lime pie for dessert. And uh, all the while, you're right on the bay and, and just right there in touch with everything, with the ebb and flow of life. So I definitely recommend this place. It's a little bit pricey, but it is worth it for to splurge if you can afford it or splurge if you want a special occasion. And you're north of St. Augustine, so it's not very busy. Um, you just feel like you're really in a special place all to yourself. Join us next week as we travel from St. Augustine across the Panhandle to East Point, and then Navarre Beach. A note about Dothan RV Park. I was pleasantly surprised with this RV park. It was honestly just a waypoint for us and an overnight, but when we pulled in, it was easy access off the highway. Skip checked us in pleasantly and easily We drove to our pull-through spot that was level. There was plenty of space between us and the other sites. It was very quiet. And in fact, it boasts one of the prettiest dog parks I've seen in most of the campsites that I've been to over the last year with these little trees all throughout the park so the dogs can make their mark and run around. And it was all very well kept I saw that there were signs for walking trails um, around the park, which we, of course, didn't take advantage of because we were only there for a number of hours, but we slept very comfortably. It was very safe and clean, and we had everything we needed, and so I would definitely recommend an RV Park anytime you're traveling through this area. We are so excited to have you join us on our travels and adventures in LV May, our land vessel, land yacht, as we go across the country and gunkle and find new little spots and places to share with you. Um, If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Please also share this with your network. And you can also find, there's more, not just a podcast. We have a video blog on YouTube at LV May, or you can access some of our other previous episodes of Flipping Dreams at Flipping Dreams or at Heather Renee May. You can find everything, honestly, it's hard to keep track of all the handles. So just go to our website, Heather R E N Double May Like The Music in this episode was provided by various artists through Epidemic Sound. You can check them out at EpidemicSound.com. We are super excited that you're listening. Thank you again for spending time with us. We will see you again next week. And don't forget, it's never too late to transform your past and empower your future. You are listening to Flipping Dreams.